Oda, 30 feet away. Jumper in the air. He's got it! Lamar Odom has won it for Rhode Island! In traffic, off-balance shot. Back in! Jared Terrell and Rhode Island has done it in the final five seconds on a circus shot from Jared Terrell. A career-high night for him and a victory for Rhode Island. Look it up, Dutton. Run out, Rowdy, look out, Oh, steal by Vance Russell off of Young. Three. Don't do it to him like that, Vance. Dribbles into the forecourt. Iverson going up. He ducks it home as the buzzer sounds. And Rowdy, the 8-10 champs. All right, Roadie Baseline fans, welcome to our summer episode of Roadie Baseline. Obviously, you can make sure to follow us, facebook.com slash Roadie Baseline on Twitter and now Instagram at Roadie Baseline if you don't follow us there. Uh, but we are joined today by a special guest, URI Athletic Director Thor Bjorn is joining us on Roadie Baseline. Thor, it's uh, great to have you on the show. Oh, Gary and Andrew, I can't tell you how grateful I am to be able to spend uh, tonight with you guys. It's uh I just remember you, both of you as students, and have great appreciation for uh, your passion for for our program. It's and for your program. It's 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 a lot of fun. So I am thrilled to be here. It's 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 great to have you on, Thor. Uh, you know, obviously with the pandemic, things you know changed a little bit and how we worked and how the season went. Uh, what have you been up to? What was you know your job during this whole thing of you know, keeping everything afloat at URI while we didn't have fans in the building and uh, athletics and switching games and all that fun jazz. I'll tell you, last summer, as you can only imagine, was crazy. Right up to this point, I think probably a week or so ago, a year ago, is when uh, both the A-10 and the CA made the decision to not play uh, this fall, or last fall, excuse me. And just all the, the nuances that went into that, you know, the communication with our students, communication with our fans, you know, and still, you know, I, at that point, we still didn't know everything that we needed to know in terms of required testing. We didn't know what was going to happen on campus. And so it was it was really crazy. But it, it's funny. I, I remember talking to our administrative staff and our, to our coaches. We were having lots of meetings, as you can imagine, all Zoom based. But just, you know, saying to everybody, hey, look, we got to get through this this year. We don't know what's coming, but we're going to get through it. And, and we will. And and. When students started coming back in the fall, you know, we still had a lot of things up in the air. You know, we're, we're trying to figure out how we can practice in pods, how we can practice in small groups. Uh, we did a really good job for the most part of avoiding as much quarantine requirements for our students as possible. But we knew that was coming and what was was that going to be like? And and, uh, you know, that was a challenge. It was a frustration for our, our, our student athletes. It was a frustration for coaches. Not that anybody wanted to do anything you know, that wasn't going to be safe or, or healthy. It was just, it was the unknown. And then as you, as you can imagine, you know, we had, we had some kids uh, that were in quarantine three times last year, you know, 10, 10 to 14 days in a hotel by themselves. And, you know, that's awful. It's, and it's, it's nobody's fault. It's just, that's what we were dealing with. And so not only trying to figure out how are we going to try to play and, and how are we going to make sure our students are, are safe, but then also the mental health aspect. And then, you know, again, you know, talking a lot with the A-10 to say, okay, we've made the decision to, to push the fall off. And, and we made the promise to the students to say, how are we going to do this and try to play in the spring? We promised that we would try. And, uh, and it's, this is bringing back memories. I hadn't thought about it in a while. And um, it feels like uh, uh, ages ago, but it wasn't. I mean, just a year ago is crazy. And then uh, obviously with the basketball seasons uh, getting started and, and the focus around 
uh, as a league, how are we going to try to make this work? How are we going to, uh, and, and what flexibility did we all, were we all willing to, to put out there? And, um, and, and we did it, you know, the, the fact that we were able to play our men's women's basketball uh, games last year without any positive COVID tests from URI, obviously we, we had to shuffle things around because of some of the, the opponents that we were playing, but couldn't be more proud. I mean, it was, it's, it's something that uh, I hope we never, ever have to go through again, but it's also a point of pride in terms of how we got through it as an institution and, and how we got through it as an athletic department and all of our, our all of our teams and all our student athletes. Uh, it, it was an amazing year. That's for sure. I couldn't agree with you more Thor, on that one. I was, I think just as much needs to be said, we didn't have the success that we would have loved, but the fact that we were able to get through that season last year, not just men's basketball, women's basketball, but all the sports were able to have their seasons as well as they did. That's massively, in my opinion, more important than the wins and stuff, just giving the fans more, some sort of normalcy. And it meant a lot to me to see the players and coaches go, go through that and realize how important it was. No, thank you for that. That I think sports did bring back some normalcy for people, even though it was weird in the Ryan Center or on the road playing in front of no fans. And, you know, and again, you think about, think about our, from both our men's and women's basketball teams, you know, <laughs> last summer, summertime is when we just finished up or we'll finish up on Friday, summer session too. So our, our teams will be here working out and a year ago they couldn't. And, and, and the makeup of both programs, both on the men's and women's side, having all these new players on the men's side, even more so where they never even had a chance to practice or play together. You know, that's hard. And try to building a try building a culture with different personalities from different uh, backgrounds and different different homes and different different experiences. It was uh, it was crazy. And I, I have to give Tammy and Dave a lot of credit to, uh, you know, they kept their eye on the ball and, and kept perspective and perspective was a word we used a lot. Yeah, you want to win, and and nobody wants to win more than than I do. Nobody wants to win more than the, than the coaches and student athletes do. But, and I can't say that we put that on on the back burner because that wouldn't be accurate. We wanted to win, and we tried to win, but then you also just tried to 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 get through it as best we could as well. And and you know, like you just said, it's it's a it's a great point of pride, and I hope uh, all of our uh, URI fans feel that way because it is something to be proud of. Yeah, obviously, with uh, with all you know team switching and, and everything kind of flowing. I know from knowing from last year, the women's team didn't get to practice as early as the men's because they had some issues. And obviously, you know, it was a difficult year for everybody, but I do agree that sports did bring back kind of that sense of normalcy, even though we couldn't be at the Ryan center, even though me and Andrew were technically there in cardboard <laughs> cutouts, you know, obviously. yeah, you were there. I saw you every game. <laughs> Best I uh, looked in years. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it, you know, it's it, it's one thing that uh, that I can segue into. Obviously, you know, with the way things are going, and we don't know what the future is going to hold, right? So we're going to cross our fingers here. But as of right now, the Ryan Center has announced that it's 100% full capacity for the next season uh, for men's and women's basketball, which is great. Uh, what is your take on, you know, having everybody back and, you know, getting, you know, season ticket holders in for all sports, uh, football, men's basketball and women's basketball as well. Oh, it's, it's so important. I mean, just the, the, I, I, maybe I'm biased. I mean, I think the Ryan center is the best environment and certainly in the A10, and I would say as compared to a lot of division one programs out there, basketball programs, you know, Matt Moeller, George Brisbane, a lot of credit in their staffs for creating an, as best they could, the environment that we wanted or, or tried to have. But it's, there, there's no substitute for having, you know, a full house and screaming fans and passionate fans. 
And so, yeah, no, our plan is full steam ahead. And, and obviously, goodness, if, if something changes, we'll adjust. But let's pray that that doesn't happen because, um, you know, it, it, it's better for, for the, just the, the overall, you know, student experience, never mind student athlete experience. Um, you know, you guys know that as part of your, your, your time as students, you know, being part of the program, going to basketball games, looking forward to that is, is huge. My daughter, my youngest daughter was an RA last year and, and, and she just kept, you know, she'd mentioned to me at times, you know, kids on her floor would say, what, what's going to a basketball game like? What's it like here? And, you know, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. Yeah. And, and I mean that, you know, it's like, man, we want them to know, you want them to experience because I, I know, um, I believe anyway, you two as a great example, will be fans for a lifetime. That's because of the four years you spent, I don't know the previous four, but the four years you spent in school, that was a big part of, of I believe, you, you certainly made it seem that way to me, uh, of your overall URI experience. And the fact that we have so many students that have never been to a game uh, is a shame. And that's why this year is even more important, in my opinion, to, to get everybody back and, uh, and to have fun and get that place rocking again. And, oh, I and can't wait. We, that's our game plan. No, yeah, no doubt. No it's, doubt. It's truth or not. And I'm going to tell you, right, so myself and Andrew have gotten lucky enough to attend some sporting events, you know, post pan post pandemic. I know we're still in the pandemic, but post pandemic and going into a, a pretty full TD garden and having people cheer just brought like chills down the spine. Um, so I can only imagine what opening night at the Ryan center is going to feel like with chill, just chills and sound and cheering and, and how it's going to make everybody kind of feel and, and go back to a, a sort of sense of normalcy. You know, I hadn't thought about that till you just said it. I had not thought about opening night the way you just worded it. And, you know, a lot of times that first game, you may not have the great crowds that we, we have later on in the conference season, but I hope this one sold out. I mean, I hope everybody comes out and says, you know, it's been a year. We haven't been part of that. Let's get there and, and be and, and sell the place out for both the men's and women's game. I mean, the, the, the students deserve it, but the, the student athletes deserve it, but the students deserve it. And, and I Absolutely. really hope they come and, and take full advantage of it because it'll be a lot of fun. And what a great way to get them indoctr indoctrinated into what being a URI fan is all about. So before we move more into the sport aspect of this, one big thing that we need to touch upon is David Dooley retiring. And if I'm not mistaken, you were part of the search committee for a new president. And one thing that majority of college sports fans know is how important the relationship is between the president and the athletic department. Have you had, I'm just saying you've been building a relationship with our new president. Where do you see the athletic department fitting into his big plan and helping us sustain success? Uh, yeah, first of all, I, I do want to acknowledge President Dooley. What, what a great job he did during his 12 years here at URI and, and transformed the university. And, you know, from an athletic director's perspective, not only was he incredibly supportive of us, he was also a very good friend and someone that that uh, that I'm going to miss terribly. Um, you know, we got a lot of things done. He and I just we'd get together for dinner on uh, impromptu a lot and just talk and, and come up with strategies. He was someone that would always take my phone call anytime, day or night to uh, when, when, you know, I remember having teams uh, trying to get two teams back or a men's team back or women's team back during snowstorms. They were supposed to be on uh, commercial flights and. You know, I said, Dave, we, we need to get him back here. And he's like, get him back, get, get the charter going, get it done. I mean, that, that type of support that, that people don't know about, but that he always stepped up to do. And, and for that, I'm grateful. Um, Dr. Parlange is, is, is terrific. I, I wasn't on a search committee, but I was on, I've been on a number of different committees um, 
you know, sort of a technical review committee and some of the other things. Uh, so I was part of that and listening to all the, all the finalists speak and, you know, his, his, he, he certainly comes across as, as understanding the role that athletics can play uh, in the overall university. And I think is going to be incredibly supportive. I am so excited for him to be here. Um, you know, he, he goes out and runs 10 miles a day every day. And, and so, you know, he's very athletically focused himself. His, his wife, Mary is as well. I actually bumped into her. I was driving to campus today and I saw her running um, and stopped to say hello. And, uh, <laughs> and um, you know, so, you know, they understand the importance of, of athletics. Uh, they're athletic people. And, uh, and he knows that he wants to help us, all of our sports teams, uh, be successful. But he also knows as, as an Atlantic 10 institution, men's and women's basketball is key. And, and we've got to win. And, and he wants to help us do that. So uh, I'm really looking forward to working with him. He's uh, starting on Sunday officially. Um, and uh, I believe they're, they're certainly, as I said, I, I bumped into Mary this morning and as I was driving into work. And so they're here and, and he's ready to go. So I'm, I'm thrilled. And I, I know he's going to be a big supporter. And, you know, what does that mean, though? That means that we still have to keep doing things the right way. We still right. have to keep going out and generate revenue. We've got to go out and do our part. Um, but but I, I know that he understands the, the role that we can play in terms of the overall brand and, and, and exposure for the, uh, for the university. So it's, it's very cool. Now, obviously, you know, changing gears a little bit, um, we're talking about, you know, revenue, et cetera. Uh, your athletics recently, it's been now two months now, but I'm going to say recently because it feels like the season ended yesterday, you know, because we want basketball back as much as everybody else does. Um, did have some uh, pretty big donations regarding our new practice facility. Uh, can you speak a little towards uh, where those donations came from and the benefit of, of all this kind of working out for us? Oh yeah, we knew that that renovating West Gym is going to be the next step uh, in in what we're trying to uh, what we need to build for our basketball programs from a recruiting perspective, from a twenty four hour access perspective. So we actually uh, a gentleman named Tom Sylvia gave us the first gift to go out and do the initial architectural and engineering work to come up with what we think we want to build, and and then made the first commitment. He made the first half million dollar commitment towards the project, and then certainly Tom Ryan, Jim Clapp, and uh, Greg Barber and Geraldine Barber stepped up to, to each give us a million dollars towards that project. And, and then most recently, uh, Stefan Soloviev uh, stepped up with a $3 million naming gift. So we have, it's about an $8 million renovation. We've raised about um, 7.2 of that right now. Um, but we're not, not waiting. We're moving full steam ahead. We've hired Populous to be the design group to, um, to uh, work with us. They're, they're state of the art. I mean, they're first class, big time. And um, so that's uh, that's exciting. And uh, we'll, we'll continue to raise the required money needed. But um, at the end of the day, uh, we're we're thrilled. Before we get into the next question, sorry, I just want to let you know that if I come into 800 grand, I'll pay you off the rest of the uh, rest Perfect. of the practice facility. We'll, we'll, put, we'll put the pledge sheet in, in, in for you right now. We're good. <laughs> you'll put it, you're going to put them on a payment plan for about 45 years. We'll take it. Whatever it takes. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm just, anyway. say, I'm just saying Thor, me and Andrew are both donors. So if, we, I know you are. That's we, great. we, we gave some money towards it, but not, not 3 million. <laughs> That's all right. That's perfect. If we win the lottery, oh. maybe the donation will come that way. Great. We'll take well, it. So the big, well, obviously with the practice facility, everybody knows that's the next step. But from your perspective, being in the administration, talking to the coaches, the players, what do you feel is the next step that fans 
the university, the players that we all need to take to get us to that next level of, let's use VCU as an example, of getting to the tournament every single year, winning championships every single year, and keep feeding that fire that we've all been accustomed to the last five or six years? No, it's a great question. I, you know, I think we need to continue to, uh, you know, evaluate who we're competing against. And, you know, you talk about VCU and, and I'll put us right up there with VCU, Dayton, St. Louis. I, I think we've proven that we're one of the top four programs out there and uh, and have the facilities, have the infrastructure in place to do that, have the institutional support to do that. And so we, you know, then what do we have? What do they have that we don't have? And that's important. And sometimes that, you know, people may look at that like it's a, you know, that's just a cop out or excuse. It's not. It's, it's critically important. So we have the great facility. We're going to have the practice facility which is what we need. We want our, our, our recruits to know, hey, you come here, you're going to have a place to get better and you're going to have a place to really develop your game and, and, and get to the next level, whether it's, that's at the NBA level or whether that's you know playing professionally overseas. And the good news is we've been able to prove and, and hold guys out there that say, hey, you know, you come in here, you're going to have the opportunity to be uh, Katina Mobley or Tyson Wheeler or Jared Terrell or Xavier Mumford or Jeff Dowd. Uh, that, that's important. You know, but I think we need to keep looking at the way we, we do operate. You know, coming to games is important. Buying tickets is important. Why is that important? Because that's how we build our budget. We build our budget to, to make sure, and, and, the, and those dollars go into the way we travel. Charter flights are, are great. I mean, I remember, you know, we were celebrating when we had our first charter back when Jim uh, Barron was here. You know, now we charter, you know, probably five or six times, but we shouldn't even be thinking about that. We should just know that that's how our men and women are going to travel. They're going to get to games. They're going to miss one you know, one night in their own beds and they're only going to miss one day of class versus three. Uh, and for the most part, we're, we're doing a lot of that. We got to do more. You know, that's important. Um, you know, we've got the, the full-time strength coach, you know, on the, on the men's side and, 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 you know, that's important. We need to get the full-time strength coach on the women's side. That's important. We need to make sure that our, our coaching staffs, and, and I believe that they are, are paid, uh, both, both staffs are paid very similar to, what we're doing, uh, what our competitors are doing in the league. So that's good. We've stepped up as an institution that way. So coming out and supporting, you know, all kidding aside, donations are, are critical. Ticket, ticket revenue, critical. And sponsorships, revenue that's coming in, critical. So the amount of money that we're generating externally is far greater than it was 14 years ago. And we're going to keep building on that and keep growing that, you know, and, and that's what fans can do, you know, help us. By, by coming and, and buying tickets, by making donations. Uh, if you got a business, be a sponsor. That's what those other schools are doing. That's what we need to do. And then those dollars get reinvested back into the programs. And, uh, you know, we don't take that money and just sort of tuck it away someplace. We take that money and reinvest it. And, uh, and I'm, proud of, I'm proud of what we do. I'm proud of, of the resources we spend. But you know what? If we want to keep, uh, keep driving that bus, we, we need to keep spending more. Uh, it, the right way, strategically not just frivolously. And that's important. And, and, you know, one thing about, you know, sort of my management style and, and my style in terms of communication style with, with donors and fans is, is to be very transparent. You know, I will never apologize for what we've done or what we do uh, and how we run our programs. Cause I think it is, I know it's first class, but you know what, there's things we can do more of and, and get better. And let's not sit back and be satisfied with, with um, five charters, let's not be satisfied with with um, you know uh, you know this practice facility. It, you know what's next? What's the next thing we're going to do? So I think all those things are important. Let's compare ourselves to the top programs in the league, of which I think we're one of them, 
and uh, and then let's make sure our coaches have uh, have the resources they need to just go out and, and recruit and go out and uh, attract players and make sure that our facilities are, are really in line with with what they're seeing at other institutions. And uh, and, you know, we, we don't want to stop that. We want to keep growing that. Now, obviously, you 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 brought this up uh, in, in that answer as well. Uh, so season tickets for football, uh, men's basketball, and women's basketball. I know from uh, myself and Andrew chatting with Tyler Foley, who uh, runs the ticketing office over there, uh, that sales have been, you know, really good. And people kind of did a good job of keeping their tickets and kind of rolling it over. I know one fact that we can bring up is that uh, women's basketball season tickets have outsold already 50% of what they had sold two years ago. Um, can you speak a little bit about, you know, ticket sales and, and how the uh, athletics is doing regarding uh, season tickets for all the programs, even during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, uh, how about that for our fan base, for the most part to step up and, and carry their tickets over or make donations back to, uh, to the department. I mean, that, that kind of, uh, that brings you know great pride. You know, people want to be supportive and, and aren't walking away even during difficult financial times in, in, in a lot of cases. You know, women's basketball and football, we have room. To, we have a lot of room to sell more season tickets. We have more room on the men's side, men's basketball side. But when you think about, or, and I'm sure you guys did, start watching Tammy's team play uh, last year especially, and just year two of, of exciting women's basketball, you know, finishing fourth in the league for that double bye after, you know, really struggling for years. I'm not talking about two years. I'm talking about decades, uh, you know, since 1996 and, and really turning that around quickly. Uh, that's exciting and it's fun. And, and I'm, you know, this year we're going to uh, have some opportunities, whether one or two double headers in which, you know, people can come out and watch our women's team play as they're getting ready to watch the men's team, you know, or, or just have the men's team finish up playing and stay and watch the women's game. That um, that's really big. And, you know, again, the women deserve it, but there's a great way to be supportive of those programs by buying tickets and season tickets. And you're going to have a, a blast. It's, it's, a, it's a great time. It's a great day to, uh, to be able to come out and watch them compete, especially when there's a great product on the floor. And on the football side, same thing. I mean, it's funny when I, you know, I've been around a lot of, you know, football for my whole career, you know, as a player and, and then certainly at UMass and, and now here, you know, our football setup is pretty great. People love coming to our games at the tailgate, you know, now that, that it's been back for the last 12 years, it's fun. People are having a really cool experience. And, and, you know, this year, I think we're going to be really good in football. We've got great depth and, and again, you know, just, just a a wonderful opportunity to come out and be supportive. So, you know, those are all things that, that, that people can do. And and I hope they do uh, continue to come out because, not only is it a lot of fun for, for the fans, it's really important for our student athletes and it's important for recruiting. You know, when, if, if all of a sudden we're bringing recruits to a facility that's, that's only half full, you know, they see that and they wonder about support. We've been very blessed over the last five or six years where for the most part, our, our, our stands, especially on the men's basketball side are pretty full. And, uh, and so they get to see, Hey, you come here, you're going to be supported and people are going to really come out and get behind what you're doing. Well, that, yeah, I couldn't agree more. It's most important to fill the Ryan Center. Nothing beats a 7,500 people sitting in the Ryan Center on a Friday night going crazy. And I miss that a lot. I really, I really love the non-conference games. And I don't, I don't know if, I don't know how, if I'm going down the wrong tree, if you can speak too much about this in particular this year. Obviously, we haven't had the non-conference schedule come out yet. But I've always been curious what goes into building a non-conference schedule and like how do you find the teams to play and 
And if you know when, we'll be finding out the non-conference schedule in the very near future, hopefully. Yeah, that'll probably our, – both our, our non-conference and conference schedule should be coming out in the next three or four weeks. Uh, building a schedule is, is a real challenge, um, as you can probably imagine. You're trying to find, you know, the best possible teams that, that want to come here and play and, and finding that balance of uh, home versus road games. You know, we're always going to probably have three what we call buy games, um, you know, teams that we're going to pay to come into uh, the Ryan Center to play, usually opening night. And a lot of times this year, for example, it'll be around um, the, uh, the, the MT tournament, the multi-team event that we're playing in. So, you know, that, that, that's always important. Or this year we have one MT game at home and then we'll have two other buy games. So those are easy, believe it or not, to, to get. The hard ones are, are finding the Seton Hall home and homes or the Boston College home and homes because uh, you want to bring in some marquee teams to play here. Uh, the, the great news for us is they know they can come play us on the road and, and uh, you know, it gives us a chance for, for either a, a tier one or a tier two win at home. And it gives them a chance for a tier one victory at home based upon the way we've been these last few years. And so I think, you know, finding teams that are willing to do that is really important. It's not always easy and not everybody wants to go on the road and, and play a, a tough A-10 team. But we're, it's to our benefit to be good. It's to our benefit to, to make sure that no matter what, a team can come in and lose to us and it's not a bad loss. It's a, it's a, it's a good loss. It's a non-factor in terms of their overall rating. So, um, you know, that's important. So we're always trying to find those teams that, that can sort of, you know, be a marquee ticket sales, you know, uh, generator, um, you know, something that, that is going to get people excited and certainly a, a chance to have one or two truly crazy sold out games. Obviously every other year PC does that for us, which is great. Um, this year, uh, you know, having Boston college come in, will be big last year, having Seton hall. I just, we were, we were so bummed. I mean, we we're grateful that the game took place. We were grateful to get a good win, a really good win over a good Seton hall team at home. But can you imagine what that place would have been like uh, playing Seton Hall in, in uh, November, December uh, this coming year uh, at home versus uh, a COVID year? So, you know, we're, we're trying to get strategic with that. Uh, we are strategic with our decisions and, and who we play. And then you're also trying to find that marquee, you know, team that's going to get people excited and, and want to come out and see play. And we, we've been fortunate to do that each year uh, over the last, you know, 14 years. And um and we'll keep working on it. We know how important it is. But you're also trying to find that balance. You're trying to find those tier one wins, the tier two wins. You don't want to get into tier four home wins. That doesn't do much for you. You, you may get a one or two of those, especially opening night, um, to try to get your feet underneath you. Um, but other than that, you're, you're trying to play the best schedule you can for marquee wins and, and, uh, and, and tier one or tier two wins. And that's because we know that's how the committee is going to select us for at large. The other thing that's important is we do feel uh, and have felt probably since 2016 uh, that we're building a schedule for at-large consideration. You know, I think this year it'll be interesting to see where the A-10 has us ranked preseason. I'm guessing anywhere from seven to, you know, seven, eight. And, th and that's fine based upon the way we finished last year. But we think we're going to be good enough with, with our team returning, the bigs that we have coming in, you know, having Jeremy come back. We think we're going to be good. So let's go try to play the best schedule we can play uh, and get the most wins. That's our goal, and that's our, our desire. Finding teams that want to do that uh, and play us is, is sometimes a challenge, as you can imagine. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for that little insight, and we look forward to seeing it in a few weeks. You did bring up one interesting team that I want to briefly talk about in Providence. Um, hope not to get you in too much trouble with 
with this question. But um, from your standpoint, obviously there was, was a lot talked about last year. Do you th- – obviously we can all agree that this game means a lot more probably to the fans than the players and coaches and all that stuff. What does it mean to you to have this game back from both your standpoint and a standpoint for the state? And if you don't want to answer this one, I don't blame you. But uh, do you think it's a rivalry? Oh, I'll answer it. I think it's it's the oh, biggest yeah. rivalry. Yeah, it's our biggest rival, and uh, and I don't want to wouldn't want to speak for my friends at, at Providence College, but for us it is, and and this game is incredibly important to us, and and it's one that that you know, personally speaking, uh, it's it's probably the game I want to win more than any other game. Uh, the other game that I really like try and want to win is UMass. Obviously I've got great friends there that, that you always <laughs> want to beat your friends. And, uh, and as an alum, people will say, Thor, did you have mixed emotions when you play UMass? I said, no, only that I want to beat him by 30. I mean, that's, that's my only mixed emotion. <laughs> and, um, but uh, you know, no Providence is a, is a huge game for us. And I'm thrilled that it's back on track again this year. And um, you know, for our players, it's, it's always the biggest game on the schedule for our fans. It's always the biggest game on the schedule for our coaches. It is for me, it is. So, no, I, I, I think it's incredibly important. It's great for the state, you know, every year to hear people talk about it. Um, you know, whether it's PC or, or URI fans, I, I know it's important to everybody. And, uh, you know, it was disappointing that we didn't play it last year, but but we're excited to, to get it back on track this year. And, and uh, you know, looking forward to head back up to the dunk for, for a victory. It's been a long time since we won up there. And uh, I look at every one of those as, as a great opportunity for us. And, and uh, so, no, we're thrilled. And I'm really excited. And it is a freaking big-ass rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 like, I, I like that answer, Thor. Um, one, <laughs> one follow-up question I have regarding that. Obviously, I know that you were chatting with PC a little bit. Was it difficult to get this game back after no, you know, last year's hiccup? Yeah. Or, or was it Very, something that just, you know, you guys looked at it and said, yep, it's coming back, and, and it was done? There was, yeah, there was no question or no concern. Bob Driscoll is a great friend, not a good friend. He's a great friend. They're the athletic director of PC. He's someone that I admire and respect and, and really, really like. And uh, he and I talked and no, there, there was never a question that it was going to come back and play, be played this year. So was never a concern. And, uh, and again, we're really excited. Okay. Yeah, December fourth, or I think it's the fifth or fourth. It's, that, it's that that first Friday, I think. In in I'm um, pretty sure it's a Friday or the, yeah. no Saturday, it, December. It's 4th. a Saturday. It's a Saturday. Yep, that Saturday afternoon game or something like that. Whatever one TV of, decides. One of, one of the games that we uh, one of the games that we know on the schedule. Luckily, there you go. That, that comes that comes out quickly. Unfortunately, <laughs> um, you know, tying in last, and then we're gonna jump into a different subject here. What are your expectations for our teams this year? I know you chatted a little bit about how you think you know the football team is gonna be very good. What's your expectations for the men's and women's teams this year in basketball? Yeah, you know, uh, I I feel confident that we're competing for a championship in both. I don't always say that, and I know this is the first time I've been on with you uh, both. I don't always say that. Sometimes I'll say that we're competing for a. a for a, um, an at-large bid. Uh, I think the A-10 is going to be very strong again, but I think we're good. And I think uh, on the men's side, you know, we've got great depth. We have, we have more depth than we've had in a while, certainly up front. And, uh, and we've got some, some older guys between uh, Ish, uh, who just transferred in from Ball State, you know, Ish Leggett, who's coming back as a sophomore, and then Jeremy, who's got his fifth year. And, and we're grateful that he's coming back. So I think we've got some maturity and we've got some skill and, and I think we're going to have as deep a, a front court as, as uh, certainly anybody in the A-10 and, and that'll allow us the, the depth we need 
to be really, really competitive. Um, so, no, I, I think we're going to be good. And, and I'm going into every game without exception, without exception this year, uh, planning on winning. And that's exciting. That's an exciting feeling. You know, there's been times that it's been a rebuild. There's been some times that that uh, that that hasn't been the case. But but I feel confident and, and I'm looking forward to that. And, um, you know, I think last year I, I, I thought maybe we'd have a few more wins than we did. But if I really break that down, it, a lot of it had to do with, with chemistry and, and, and the fact that we didn't play together. In losing you know, Tyrese and losing Jacob, I think we would have been a different team because we would have had the chemistry. We would have had the familiarity uh, with those guys. And that would have been a, a big help for us last year. That doesn't mean that our guys that are, are, are coming back or that were on the team last year aren't great players. They just didn't have that time together. And, and chemistry is, is so important. When you think about parity in college basketball, that's why the NCAA tournament is so special and great because a lot of times anybody can beat anybody on a given day. And uh, so this year, I, I feel really excited about it. I think we're going to be good. On the women's side, I know we're competing for a championship. You know, the, the talent that Tammy's brought in, the depth that she has, and, uh, you know, the, the great players that, that have all played together, you know, when was the last time that we said we we're going into a season expecting to win a championship on the women's side? It, it hasn't been said since I've been here. And um, and that's a tribute to Tammy and her staff and her players. And uh, we're fun to watch and, and talented. And hey, look, I'm not saying we're definitely going to go win eight ten championships in both sports. I'm saying that, in my opinion, we're going to be talented enough to go compete for a championship each year. And uh, in each game, I, I'm going into each game feeling like we can win it. And in the words of Stone Freeman, get me some brick walls. Dang right. <laughs> Dang right. I mean, and let's talk about, let's be proud of that. I mean, let's, you know, it's funny. I, I, I want to go in and, and win every game. And, and I know we're not going to win every game, but darn it. I mean, we're good enough to compete in every freaking game. And if you're good enough to compete in a game, you're good enough to win it. Dang straight, Thor. Dang straight. All right. So this could be a touchy subject. I don't know how much you can speak about it, but. Obviously, the game has changed in college sports with the new sponsorship deals and all that stuff. What are your thoughts on that, and how is it going to change the college sports landscape and all that fun stuff? Great. I've actually been a big fan of name, image, and likeness opportunities for student-athletes for a long time. You know, I, I think that students, student-athletes should have a chance to, to make some money uh, off of, just like any other student could. And, uh, and so I'm a fan of it. I think where I'm concerned about it, is um, and I, I also like the fact that that as an institution we really have to be hands off. We can't get involved, and we will follow that rule and we'll do it right. You know, you do worry: is everybody going to follow the rule and do it the right way? Because there certainly could be the wild west in in, in terms of recruiting and 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 doing things uh, inappropriately. Um, you know, there are going to be schools that do that, and and what does that mean? That means you know, hey, we'll find a donor that's going to or a sponsor that can guarantee you X, Y, or Z. Um, if you come and sign with us, obviously that's a violation. You can't do it, but that that's probably the biggest concern. But the fact that our students now have a chance to go out and make some money based upon who they are as people and who they are as athletes. I think it's fantastic. It's long overdue. Um, I'm a little worried about how do you can, how do you monitor it? And what is our expectation of monitoring? Um, and then the other piece that I'm, I'm concerned about is more of the, the educational piece for students. I mean, there's, there's, there's things that come into play now for them that they have to be aware of. You know, you sign a contract with somebody, you got to live up to your contract. You can't sleep in, you know, you can't, you can't say you're going to show up someplace and, and then not, you know, again, that's not our deal and, and we're out of it. We're not part of it, but we need to explain to them and educate them 
uh, on what some of those things mean. We need to talk about tax implications. We need to talk about, you know, revenue that comes in and, and dollars that come into you that could impact your Pell Grant. You know, a lot of our a lot of our student athletes are on Pell, and uh, that's based upon your your overall income and your family's income, and and this could impact that depending upon what name, image, likeness is like. So the A10 has done a great job in terms of building a couple partnerships out there that uh, that we are now part of. Our student athletes will have access to. So we're going to be able to provide education um, to them. Uh, certainly almost a direct link so students can reach out to, to some of these outside firms and, and ask questions. Um, that's going to be important for them. You know, there's going to be some learning curves. There's going to probably be some mistakes that are made. Um, and, you know, we do want to be a resource, but we have to be a hands-off resource. But that doesn't mean we can't, can't provide some information on taxes. We can't provide information on, you know, what, what, signing your name on a contract truly means. And so those are the things that we're, that we're going to be working on this year. You know, oh, there's, wow. there's always a concern, I would say, you know, and I think you make a really good point. You know, if you go and, you know, sign a sponsorship deal, imagine if they say, and I'm, I'm being, you know, non-realistic here, but if they say, Hey, we need you to film this commercial when you have practice, like you can't say, okay, I'm not going to practice. I have to film this commercial. Absolutely. You still have your obligation to, to play, to go to class, to go to practice. Um, you know, those are things that, that come first and, uh, and they need to, you know, students obviously need to know that. And, and I think that they do, but, you know, as they're going through this and, and if someone from the outside says, Hey, we need you to do X, Y, or Z, um, you know, they need to think that through and, and realize implications. And, uh, you know, we all learn that as, as we grow up and, and have different jobs and different responsibilities, but, you know, for a lot of these students, this is the first time they're going through it. You know, there's some students that have never filled out tax forms before because they, they haven't worked. And, you know, now they're going to have to figure all that stuff out. And uh, it's, it's grown up time. And, you know, again, we don't want to leave them uh, sort of dangling out there. We want to provide some information, but they have to follow through on it. And, and that's really important. Awesome. And I just, as we are starting to close this down, I got to gotta ask you the, the big elephant in the room. Obviously, your eyes been victim of it the last few years both from victim and winner of it what do you think about all the transfer rules and all that changing and all that stuff and do you foresee URI becoming a transfer market for upper schools and us going to get the transfers and stuff like that or do you still see the freshmen being a big part of this whole thing you know it, it's you have to sort of look at the numbers it's a great question and you know Am I in favor of, of unlimited transfers? I guess it's kind of irrelevant, you know, if you, with that one-time transfer rule now coming into play. It's kind of irrelevant because it is what it is. So now you have to adjust to it. And, you know, as you said, Andrew, we, get, we were the beneficiaries of bringing in some transfers, some really great players, and we lost some great players, some great kids uh, to other schools. And, and that's only going to continue. That's, that's not going to – I don't believe that's going to settle down. I think it's going to be uh, something that, that we're all going to have to deal with uh, in the future. So, you know, how do we make sure that we provide what we hope will be a great experience uh, for students this year or every year so that they don't want to transfer? Uh, but then you're also going to be in the transfer market if you think about it. Uh, and again, don't get me wrong. I think every coach is going to say their preference, preference will be to go out and find that freshman that's going to be with you for four years. That's what you want because that's how you build culture. And that's how you get a fan base that's excited about players. You know, I, I just I'll go to Jeff Doughton. You know, here's a, a young man that, that is a fan favorite. Everybody loves him. He's going to be a great success in life. You know what? And we got to know him for four years. You know, I hope that's not going to be unique in the future. 
but I do worry when you think about the overall transfer portal numbers, you know, students uh, sort of looking, um, you know, the grass is always greener. I heard from somebody that says, you know, the grass is always greener, but you still have to mow the lawn. And that's really true. And it's not always greener. And so I think we have to be strategic in how we go about it. We can't limit students from leaving, but what we can do is try to create a great experience. So hopefully they want to be here. And then we're also going to go out and try to find that, that, that student that, that maybe isn't happy with where they are and, uh, and maybe they'll be a good fit for us too. So it's a two way street. Um, it is a challenge. It's, un, it's, I don't want to say it's unfortunate. It, it kind of is what it is. You just have to be able to adjust to it. But those two things you just mentioned, when you talk about, you know, NIL, name, image, and likeness, and you talk about the one-time transfer, especially on the basketball side and the football side, you know, it, it's different. It's very different than, than when I got into this business 30 years ago. I'm not saying better or worse, I'm just saying different. And we have to be able to adjust to it. Oh, yeah. That's the big key now is adjustments. Absolutely speaking, right. Speaking of adjustments and coaching and all that fun stuff, we had it happen to us a few years ago with Hurley, uh, when, with Coach Dan Hurley as the men teams got successful and I'm starting to get to that worried part of my brain with how successful a women's team, these big schools are coming. Let's put it this way. Gino Oriam is getting old and all that fun stuff. <laughs> how do we, how do we keep Tammy and Kingston for years to come and all that fun stuff? Does, has that crossed your mind yet? Or is that something you can't really get into with us. Oh, no, happy to get into it. You know, again, we have to make sure Tammy has all the resources she needs to do what she wants to do and what she knows she can do. Uh, I'm very, I'm very excited. You know, we, we, um, and President Dooley, uh, last year, I went to him uh, during the season and we talked about uh, Tammy and, and we uh, changed her contract up, added, added two more years and, and gave her a significant salary increase. Well-deserved, I might add. Um, that she absolutely earned. And I'm excited about that. You know, you have to make sure that she's comfortable and she's, she feels like, Hey, you know, the university's behind me. Same with her assistant coaches. We want to make sure that, that they're happy and, and, and feel appreciated and supported. And then, okay. Once you, you do that for salaries and everything, you have someone like Tammy where money's not money doesn't drive her opportunity to win championships drives her. And I don't want to put words in her mouth. That's just my, that's my perception of her. Uh, and she's amazing amazing person an amazing coach uh, to work with so it's our job to make sure that, that we're you know doing what we can from a from a salary and contract perspective to make sure that she knows she's supported and that I hope she's here for for her entire career and then we have to keep making uh, you know changes to the program to better it you know she's been a big part in, in you know of, of actively helping us raise money for a locker room renovation. So when the women's team gets back for, uh, to start school this year, they'll have a brand new locker room. First time since the Ryan center has been built, you know, we've done some small changes, but this is a total redo. That's really important. That's a great investment that our donors got behind us to, uh, to make happen. The practice facility, huge. And, and that'll be a big thing for her to go sell for, for years to come to say, Hey, you come here, you're going to have a place to work out. And, you know, something like the new dorm, you know, our, our men's and women's basketball teams live in, uh, live in that Brookside dorm, which is ridiculously great. So you come here as a freshman, that's where you're going to live, you know, right next to the Ryan center and, you know, state of the art dorm. And, you know, that's important. The, uh, the way we charter, you know, let's, let's talk about what some of the you know top 25 programs in the country do. Let's start running our program that way too, and keep making those investments. So, you know, we know that it's, it's a two way street. You got to have a great coach and you have to be supportive of that coach and make sure that we're doing everything we can to, allow her to achieve her goals. Now she's going to keep going out and recruiting great players and great kids, 
and she's going to coach them up and she's doing her part. We got to do ours. Now, do you feel, I, I want to ask a secondary question, uh, kind of similarly regarding David Cox and the men's team um, in that same kind of, you know, question there regarding, you know, keeping him around. Obviously it's a little different than Tammy, you know, obviously we still have a strong men's basketball team, uh, but just kind of that, you know, the same kind of question regarding, you know, keeping David Cox and his staff, obviously with a couple assistant coach and coaches changes uh, this season. Oh, absolutely. I, I love working with Dave Cox. He is, uh, he is a great leader of men. You know, he, it's when we hired him, he's a first time, first time head coach at the, at the college level. He'd been the interim at Rutgers for a bit, but the first time in that, in that chair. And uh, he has been so fun to work with. He's learned a lot. He's going to continue to learn a lot. You know, I said, I said to him once, you know, Dave, my first year as an AD, my year, year four as an AD, is a lot different than year one as an AD. You learn a lot. You you adjust. You you uh, you know you you develop some some weaknesses that are become strengths. You find and get people around you that can help make you better. Uh, Dave's a great coach and and a great person. And so same thing. I mean, we've got to make sure we keep supporting him and his program so he can keep going out and getting great players. You know, so he can go out and get great coaches to help him run his program. And uh, no, same exact, same exact feeling as I expressed with Tammy, you know, let's keep making those investments so that we have great people that want to continue to be here and give them what they need to be successful. You know, if, if we think that, that our programs are going to be in that top four in the A-10, you know, top four in the A-10, that puts you in position to get in that large bid every year. You know, let's fund it that way. Let's make sure we have the fan support that way. Um, let's make sure we have the product on the floor that, that sort of helps all that come together. So, you know, it's not just one magic bullet. There's a whole bunch of them. And, uh, but no, I think between our two basketball coaches, I don't enjoy working with them. Just enjoy. I love working with them. They are incredible people. Uh, They are great friends, you know, people that I I admire and and like to be around and learn from and talk to. And, you know, I want to be a resource to them too, so that they feel incredibly supported. Perfect. Now, as we do close out for our listeners uh, who are listening uh, where can they go through and, and make a donation uh, towards either football or uh, men's and women's basketball uh, to help out with the practice facility, charters, et cetera? Great. Uh, great question. Thank you. Everything's right on GoRoady.com. That's very easy to, to do. I hope everybody's going there every day like I do. I know I drive our media relations people crazy because I look at it all the time and, um, and, and always ask questions about it and, and so forth. That's where I get my resource, get my information on, on URI athletics, even though I live it every day. But right on Go Roady, there's easy links to be able to buy tickets, to make donations. Um, it's very easy to do, and, and we would ask people to, to continue to support. It's really important. Perfect. Uh, Thor, thank you for joining us on uh, this summer episode of Roadie Baseline. I know that myself and Andrew, you know, can't wait to get back into the Ryan Center uh, for both men's and women's basketball. You know, it, it's, it's coming, and it's going to come right around the corner. I can't thank you you both enough it's it's great to see you both um and it's also it will be even better though to see you at the baseline um when uh when we get that first uh, the opening men's and women's games started up again in november and thank you for your incredible passion and support of the program it means so much to me and and you two are two of my favorite fans i'm not just saying that because i'm on with you today uh, <laughs> i really really uh, love seeing you both at games and uh, and both home and on the road and uh please don't ever stop that um, because it's contagious. Oh, put it this way, Thor. We've already started looking at our flights to Florida. That's what I like <laughs> to hear. Perfect. Very good. Thank you, Thor.